Hang on. Hang on. Halt. Welcome to This Might Be a Podcast, the song-by-song podcast about the greatest band of all time. They might be giants. I'm your host, Greg Simpson, and I've got another, you know, pretty great band here today. <laughs> They're pretty good. Uh, I've got all three members of Pet Symmetry here. What's up? What's up? And we're... <laughs> This is already off to a great start. And we're going to talk about Boss of Me. Here we go. Yes, no, maybe. I don't know. Can you repeat the question? You're not the boss of me now. You're not the boss of me now. You're not the boss of me now. And you're not so big. You're not the boss of me now. You're not the boss of me now. is unfair so I just stare at the stain on the wall where the TV been but ever since we've moved in it's been empty why I'm why I'm in this room there is no Okay. All right. So, uh, uh, welcome, fellas. Uh, let's do some introduction for people who don't know you. Uh, we've played Pet Cemetery clips on the podcast before because your your drummer dude, Marcus Nuccio, he has been on the podcast twice. Uh, Marcus, you were back on. Let me see what episode number was the world's address. That was a while ago. Whoa, that was episode twelve. Whoa, damn, early adopter. Yeah. Yeah, so you can hear, uh, Marcus, you can hear his um, story about how he got into They Might Be Giants uh, back on that one. And then he was also on the Live from Chicago Birdhouse in Your Soul episode, which then these dudes, Pet Cemetery, they played afterwards. Now, the thing I was kind of bummed about is that um, I couldn't get all of the musical portion recorded just because of the way the venue was set up with sound and all that. Um, but these guys covered Boss of Me. The theme length version, and it was pretty awesome. And uh, so then the other two dudes here, I've got Eric Shia, uh, guitarist, and Evan Weiss, bassist, uh, and lead vocalist. What's up, dudes? Hello. Hello. 
Yeah, what yeah, up, yeah. Teach. What's up? What? <laughs> teach me. Let us know. Yeah, te- <laughs> teach me about Day by P Giants. I'm ready uh, to learn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so um, yeah, people have heard. Um, people can go back and listen to Marcus's other episodes to hear more about his. Uh, Marcus, we did talk about some of your other drumming, uh, uh, your notable resume points, didn't we? I think so. Did we play. Um, yeah. Please and thank yous. I so yeah. Dowsing. Many yeah, 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 many yeah. indie rock bands. Rat boys. Yes. Rat boys. <laughs> oh yeah. See, I knew I'd always forget something. What games? So, um, Eric. <laughs> ah. Yeah. Eric, let's pitch it to you. Um, <laughs> tell tell people a little bit about uh, yourself outside of uh, uh, pet symmetry, uh, like what I do for work and stuff, or <laughs> and, well, whatever you want. And, I'm you an know, accountant mush and, uh, and all that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I used to be. An, I used I used to be an accountant. Uh, so I right now with most of my time working remote because pandemic and uh, doing. Ow. Doing a lot of project management uh, work, you know, rehabbing buildings. That's what I do for for work. Oh, wow. And um, <laughs> then, uh, yeah, I like write songs uh, for like Pet Symmetry and Mush and Dowsing and other other things for fun. And then I have yes. two dogs. All you guys in your your incestuous uh, band bands that just all kind of like the venn diagrams of your guys bands there'd be a lot of it's a lot of overlap it would be overlap i've, seen, I've like, seen uh yeah i've seen some weird ones like those historical like emo bands but there should be a a, a current one it would be fucked yeah <laughs> or like like on my other podcast best midwestern like we did a whole episode about the slapstick family tree uh, we did one about the Captain jazz family tree like just one. like the bajillion bands that have sprouted out of those two like you know, me growing up and, you know, listening to all that Chicago stuff in the late 90s, it's like pretty much everything I listened to was a band that came from those two bands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and yeah, so uh, let's play a clip of a uh, Mush song. What uh, what song should we play? Uh, I, Let people hear I that. I would put the uh, number one hit shirt. Shirt. Shirt, 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 got uh evan over here uh evan i i've heard you're in some other bands too i'm in a a couple i uh (laughs) i um so i now i i do business development for reverb.com that's my professional life 
And uh, oh, really? Can you help me get money back from this person that sent me a broken auto? Harp? Absolutely. Well, our support team could. <laughs> that's uh, <laughs> that's no problem. Um, but so, uh, but yeah, then I play. I've been doing Intuit over it for about twelve years, and then. Um, Pet Sim, obviously, which is the best band in the world. And then... Um, Ooh, yeah. Woo, woo. Sorry, They My Pajans are the best. You guys <laughs> well, can be second. Second. <laughs> second. And then uh, yeah. <laughs> um, They're There, There, and I used to be in a band called The Progress, and I was in a band called Stay Ahead of the Weather that was from around here. And then um, what are the, the other things? Um, I don't know. Yeah, we're always doing stuff. I've, moon, I've moonlit in other bands before. It's... it's it's. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we, we keep ourselves busy. <laughs> Well, let's play an Intuit over it clip. What, uh, uh, if you had to pick one, what do you think? So there's a new, there'll be a new song coming out in July. You guys playing the uh, Birdhouse show was hilarious because you had a running gag that uh, relates to the song we're going to be talking about today. (laughs) And I was trying to remember um, exactly how many times you ended a song with, life is unfair, but it was quite a few times. (laughs) I think it was every song. That's what I'm thinking. Well, what did you... Do you remember? Did you open the set with Boss of Me? I want to say we opened and closed the set with yeah. Boss of Me. I also played a slow rendition oh, yeah. alone. <laughs> oh, yeah. Solo performance. Yeah, it was great. Like, you guys, and, and the year before that, you guys had played a. Uh, Punk New Chicago showcase I had put together at uh, Bottom Lounge, and you're. <laughs> it was chop, you guys shop. just like you 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 got oh oh yeah shop shop. Um, you guys love just like taking a gag and then just like running it into the ground <laughs> to where like it it'll become like unfunny for a second, but then it gets funnier and funnier, and kind of ramps back up again. Because on that one, you were doing the the wheel, wheel. of symmetry. Is that what you were calling it? Symmetry. Yeah. Brought to you by PunkNews.org is what you kept saying. Brought to you by like every song. Brought to you by PunkNews.org. And <laughs> so yeah, the the life is unfair thing. I was trying to remember. Um, 
because then you opened it so then of course that song ends with life is unfair both the theme version and the full version and then were you also ending your originals your pet cemetery songs with life is yeah, unfair as likely. well yeah. Yeah, probably <laughs> Without a doubt. I, I think we i think we would have done it about 15 times <laughs> that sounds about right um and there's and that's such a good thing about the ending of that song too because well, with Pet Symmetry sets in general, they're about, I would say they're about 75% planned, 25% improv. And, yeah. And, uh, yeah. And, and so we just, we mentioned do, trying to do that at the big, like before the show, like maybe a couple days before, and but didn't plan the execution whatsoever. Like it just became. <laughs> the funniest part was watching, like, if there was a song where the key of the song was like a lot different than boss. I mean, like a big <laughs> gap where you guys were trying to find that note to do the, you're like life is, a- wait a minute. Where is it? <laughs> life is unfair. <laughs> yeah. But that song also ends with uh, something else that we borrowed and did for many, many years, which is the, uh, the Tommy gun drum fill. Yeah, So that was another that was another joke that we've already adopted for probably three or four years at this point. And then that uh the way the literally the fill that ends boss of me is that fill. Yeah, I you know, there are so many great clash songs, but I always go back to Tom again. That's just fucking iconic. And yeah, that little so great. I always like to do um I'm not sure where this first appeared, but there's a similar one in um, Iron Maiden, Hallowed Be Thy Name, I think, <laughs> ends sure. with uh, yeah. something like that, too. And yeah, me and my old band used to do that, too. We'd, we'd throw stingers on the end of everything. Stingers? You know, Is that what you call it? Drum oh, thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude. dude hit him with Weren't you ever in pep band? Dude, it's like a you ever pep, pep band, band, yeah. Take me to, take yeah. Me to school, Teach. Take me to school. Yeah, right? You're holding out that last <laughs> note. Holding out that last note. Pa, you know, stinger, right? It's like the exclamation point on the end of the sentence. It's the best way to end a song. Because, you know, it's always great when you end a song live and people are like, wait, is that the end? Yeah, that's that's my vibe more so. It's like, what can you I know, do? Right? How can I make everyone in the room feel awkward and not sure? If it's <laughs> right, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, and on like a chord that's not the tonic. None whatsoever. Know, yeah, it doesn't it. matter. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> People are like, wait, should I be clapping right now? Um, <laughs> so let's talk about, you know, I want to know about uh, Evan and Eric. I want to know about your fandom of, of They Might Be Giants, like how far it goes or doesn't go. Like when, Eric, when was the first time you remember hearing They Might Be Giants? Did you hear them as a youngin? Uh, yeah. On what, what was it? Um, our, our, our lineage yeah. may be the same. I think it was yeah, Animaniacs. It, it was it Animaniacs? Tiny yeah. Toons. Yeah. Tiny Toons. It was Tiny Toons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tiny, Tiny Toons. Yeah, yeah. They can't, They were on, they aired right after each other, so those well, two kind of Were they together. on Animaniacs also? No. Tiny Toons, they did, um, well, there's a Particle Man video where... where uh, Plucky Duck yeah. was uh, Particle Man, I suppose. And then they did Istanbul. Yep. Istanbul's um, big one. Yeah, Plucky Duck and uh, Hampton the Pig plays Flans, yeah. I think. Which I don't know if he would have been offended by that, but he is the not as skinny one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There is a little scene where they're kind of as the Johns and Plucky Duck's wearing like the turtleneck, like Linnell would wear in the Birdhouse video, and he's got the Linnell hair. It, 
and then uh, Hampton has the glasses. So, yeah. so yeah, that that aired in 1990. <laughs> so you saw that as as, as, peak, as a child. peak flood, baby. Yeah. I actually, yeah. I actually bought it, and then uh, like, I forget how I looked it up, but I, I had my mom take me to Tower Records so I could buy the CD with those songs on it. Wow. Fuck yeah, Tower Records. So Evan, you, you and and Eric, you you heard it back when you were well. How old would you have been in nineteen? I was. He was probably like sixty five. <laughs> I was six years old. I was the cool, cool yeah. six. You know, <laughs> a cool, a cool, the coolest first grader on the block. I'm sure that was. Yeah, I, must, I hope that, that must have been. Good. So yeah, I, I was really young too. Damn. So yeah, so Evan, then for you, so you got flood. Did you continue to keep up with They Might Be Giants, or did it kind of wane? As you know, because lots of times you know you'll get into a new kind of music. You know, you get into punk, and then all of a sudden you're like, "This isn't They Might Be Giants aren't a punk band." No, you know what? I don't listen to that anymore. I think I, I think my relationship with They Might Be Giants is very similar to my relationship with Weird Al Yankovic, in which mm-hmm. in which I may not have kept up with all the records, but I love them unconditionally. And and Good when man. I and when Good I man. do yeah. hear their stuff, I get really really excited, <clears throat> and then I'll go through like little phases for a while, and then you know maybe yeah. not think about them for a minute, but like. Like we had tickets to go to the show, yeah. Like two, like yep. two days ago, or a week ago. How long was that? The fifth, uh, the fourteenth. So three days ago. Three days ago. Yeah, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like, but Eric brought up that they were coming through, and it was like, hell yeah! Like I don't, I maybe only know like yep. two records worth of material, but I'd still have an awesome time at that show. You know? That was a big fucking bummer for me because I was on Danny Weinkoff. I was on their bassist guest list. And I was going to be probably doing a little cool guy. Well, I know. Do you know you know one of the Dan's? Uh, yeah, well, yeah. I've had Danny. Well, I've actually had one of the past Dan's. Do you remember they used to have a full house? Two, two Johns and three Dan's back in the the car era. Dan Hickey. I've had all their drummers on, which is four four dudes. I've had all drummers on the show. I'm working on the old bassists, but Danny, uh, the bass player, because I'd actually missed those like the. While we were trying to figure out, like, well, who's going to watch the baby? Can we get up there? You know, we're, we don't live in Chicago. Um, and then the tickets had sold out. And I was like, well, fuck, I missed both of the Chicago shows because they played one uh, a couple months before, too. Uh, and then I was like, well, Danny's been on the show three times. We're not like, I mean, I don't know if I'd call us like friends. We never met in person. But I'm like, Danny, do you get to make a guest list? He's like, yeah, sure, you're on it. I'm like, oh. <laughs> and I was hoping maybe that would be my end to like, interview like a short interview with the johns backstage they're uh they're they're less attainable for uh, yeah, are they elusive the podcast but someday someday they, they they keep a tight uh a tight lid on the uh the aesthetics and the uh you know what info of the band gets uh promoted and such well it's because they have they have people like you who are trying to sneak backstage and interview them at a, at a show. exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> Well, hey, I was going to meet up with Danny ahead of time and be like, hey, is Marty around? Because I've had their drummer on, too. And then eventually just like I'm back there and then plans. <laughs> yeah, just infiltrate. Like, What's up, dude? You thought about it. You thought What's this up, all dude? through, dude. But that's. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and now. <laughs> yeah. Goddamn virus. The goddamn virus. The goddamn virus. So, um, oh, yeah. And then, uh, Evan, so, so new stuff. I know you probably haven't heard that much new stuff, but I remember at the Birdhouse show. <clears throat> Bob Nana was telling you that he was on the the episode for a song called A Race, and he's like, I remember you guys sitting at the bar, he's like, have you heard the song? You gotta hear the song, and he like played it for you on 
his phone. It's like, oh, uh, wow. <laughs> yeah, he's like, you got to hear the song. It's so great. And then he was like going on and on about it. Just like, uh, you know, it, it, it was awesome to find uh, someone that I grew up on his music, finding out that he grew up on the same, you know, on They Might Be Giants and gets just as nerdy talking about them as I yeah. do. Because I could see him like trying to win you guys over to like this newer song. He's like, oh, but they're still good. I mean, it's I think they're a pretty <laughs> ubiquitous band like Weird Al even like go, going back to that comparison. Like, you know, it may not be a thing that you're always kept up on, but it's been consistently good. So if I would agree with that. Yeah, totally. You know, totally. And that's like any band like my favorite band ever is Pearl Jam. I can't say I've really listened to their last like two or three records. But I still consider right. them my favorite band, you know, just because of what right. those earlier records meant to me. So, and we and we uh, one of the songs we were going to learn for that for the show the showcase was um, was it the communists uh, have communists yeah that song that song yeah. rips <laughs> that's, yeah. that's that's not that old that's like year two old yeah yeah it's just two years old yeah yeah, the, yeah weird out uh, I actually his last album mandatory fun. I uh, had an opportunity to get like, well, they were sit, like, I was on some list, a PR list that uh, like a promo <laughs> of it. Hey, you know, punknews.org. Yeah. Punk News has its benefits. Hey, I get all your, sh- I get emails with your guys' faces all I the time. <laughs> yeah. Just- <laughs> I'm on every fucking PR list and every label's list, but Weird Al's album came to me ahead of time and I'm like, if I review this on punk news, are people going to be like, this isn't punk? Nobody, everyone was like, fuck yeah. Like everyone loves, oh, everyone Weird, Al. loves Weird Al. No matter what genre you listen to, you know, you could li- be, you know, I'm exclusively into black metal, but like Weird Al, it's just like, you can't hate the guy. He's just so I went to his, Pure I went joy. to his, uh, I wound up going to his, um, we did it. We did a favor for his camp at Reverb and me and a, me and a buddy. And so uh, tables have turned. Me and a friend went to go see his show where he played all of like the like B sides and rarities and like weird, weirder stuff. His original. Yeah, yeah. Like the, right? pop, like, yeah, not yeah. like the, you know, just like the eat it and whatever that shit is, you know, non parody. Yeah. So we're yeah. sitting there and we're watching the show and we're all having a great time. And my buddy turns to me about halfway through and he's like, Hey man, I took LSD before I came here. This, this is amazing. <laughs> and so like we, we really lucked out and uh, we were able to go backstage and we actually got like, to meet him just briefly for a second and got a photograph. Nice. And it just was this like yeah. awesome magical night. And he texted me back like hours later and he's like, yeah, he's like, I came, he's like, I came home and I sat on my bed and I just thought about, how amazing tonight was and just how perfect it was he's like and i just i just started to weep at the, at the beauty <laughs> of like this experience of meeting weird al and, and the show sharing the show with you like thank thank you for going to the show with me you know like, it's like unfucking believable that's <laughs> it, beautiful yeah. it has that power yeah. it really has that power i think they might be giants have that power too if I took LSD yeah, and, and saw They Might Be Giants, I would absolutely lose my mind. <laughs> I, would, I would love to be that. Yeah, if they busted out like the really weird ones, like uh, Mr. Claw oh. and uh, Chess Piece Face, you'd be like, dude, these songs, I can see Chess Piece Face in front of me. What's yeah. going to happen to Chess Piece Face? <laughs> oh, do, uh, me and uh, Adam... Uh, Adam Gore and Adam and his package, we're going to cover another song together and we're going to do Boat of Car. Oh. Do you guys, I know Marcus knows Boat of Car. Do you guys know Boat what of Car? What album is Boat of Car on? 
it's on the pink album the first one uh it's yeah. it's a doodly 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 daddy will sing bass has the johnny cash uh sample yeah. in there and it's i took my boat for a car <laughs> it's kind of terrifying and, and it doesn't have drums to it but i'm like adam i can totally put drums to it and he's like okay we'll just like up the bpm by like 30 and i'm like are you serious <laughs> he's like yeah up it so what i did was i took the the original song which is only like a minute and five seconds I put it into Ableton and I warped it to to be super fucking fast. And so now it's like it's just like fucking that sounds like Adam's package. Insane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like the Montana cover we did, which is I don't know if you guys would have heard that, but it's a John Linnell put out a solo album in ninety nine and we did the song Montana and we bumped that up like twenty BPM. Oh yeah, I think Punk News covered it was, that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it, that that thing got well. Yeah, when that when news about that, well, because I essentially cajoled Adam into releasing his first music in like fifteen years. He's a teacher yeah. too. He's a chemistry high school chemistry teacher, and so I had to like teach him how to use GarageBand. Basically, like he hadn't recorded anything since the early aughts. Wow. He's like, I don't know what I'm doing. He's like, I, I have a, a microphone, but the XLR won't fit into the USB port. <laughs> oh He's like the hel- most hilarious guy. He's like, I tried mashing it in there, but it wouldn't work. Dude, was anyone hilarious. Was anyone with me, Marcus? Was it you? You, me? me and you saw him yeah, at Fest. Yeah, at Fest. Yeah, we watched him play at oh, Fest. It was awesome. Awesome. So much fun. Yeah, I, I first met him and I booked him on the Redefining Music Tour in Davenport, Iowa. I was at college out in uh, Rock Island. And uh, him and Harmar were touring nice. together in one SUV, oh and it was fucking incredible. And I have a picture of me and him. You know, I'm like, I guess that would have been 19, and him like after the set, and he's just exhausted. And I'm like, hey, let's take a picture. And he's like, I still have the like the actual picture of him. It's probably around here somewhere. But he's like, he's like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm like re meeting him i had to remind him that we had met before remember that remember but that photo you don't dude. remember <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i had like bleach blonde hair you know the early yeah, thing you know spiked up right uh oh eric uh so did you keep up on they might be giants at all or was it kind of the same same deal as i mean evan? i think i was gonna agree with evan just just do that whole thing where it's like yeah you see them and then it's like oh and then malcolm in the middle comes out and you're like oh yeah <laughs> and then you're like this band's so great and then it's just kind of like every like few years there's like a glimpse back into them that you're like oh yeah this is cool and then like you see them on tv and you're like oh yeah they're great and then yeah and then, and then but yeah. then when we did your the show with you um that was probably like the deepest dive i ever did where because we all were like oh what song should we cover yeah for, for yeah. it so we yeah. all like listen i like listened to a lot of the records and then i was like man some of these records are really really good <laughs> and i wish i paid more attention when i was you know for the past 31 years <laughs> it, it's hard to be anything well they've put out like 800 songs yeah. So it's really hard to lose track of it. Like even as, you know, I've called them my favorite band since the mid 90s and I'm still finding stuff from the 80s and 90s that I hadn't heard before. Like all these songs that were on, you know, EPs that went out of print and are finally, you know, streaming and stuff like that. I'm like, it's it's insane. So for someone like me who's kept up with them, there's still stuff I missed. You you could you could so, even say that Boss yeah. of Me is one of those songs, but because of Malcolm in the Middle, it became a hit. Yeah. 
but it's like a lost song. Yeah. It's a weird song. Yeah. It, it has a very weird history. So let's, yeah. So well, I guess let's start with, did you guys watch Malcolm in the Middle when it was I on? did. I fucking love that show. I remember watching the premiere and mm-hmm. I think I, well, my, my dad is a huge They Might Be Giants fan and that's why I became a fan. And I think he yeah. heard that they were doing the theme song. So we like watched the premiere maybe because of They Might Be Giants. That's amazing. Is your dad, was your dad on any forums for They Might Be Giants back in the day? Like any like weird chats? <laughs> I can't. I can't say for sure, but maybe he was like he had like his own forum about lefty guitar players. Oh. <laughs> so oh, I'm sure. Flames. I'm sure that yep. like crossed with the They Might Be Giants fans. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally, dude. <laughs> Total nerd behavior. Cool dad. I want to meet that yeah. dad. Yeah, he's great. Um, you, should, you should interview Marcus's dad. Oh, yeah, he yeah, would love seriously. it. That would be great. Have you guys on together next time you well, come. Father, father son, be... they might be Giants bonding time. <laughs> that would be... Seriously, I've had my dad on twice, and uh, it's funny because we he was on the Istanbul episode, so he actually got into, like... He's a history buff and talking about, like, the fall of Constantinople, like, the actual history and how that song is a cover... Of a 1954 vocal group, um, and the original was released on the anniversary of the the 500th anniversary of the fall of Constantinople, or something like that. Like that's just the weirdest. Like even the covers they pick are like fucking bizarre. Yeah. Like no one even knows that that's a cover. Um, so yeah, getting you, you know this podcast, getting to the bottom of these really weird songs has been one of my favorite parts. Um, so let's yeah let's talk about the different versions of Boston Me and kind of the story behind it because it's kind of hard to follow even even for mm-hmm. me. Uh, it was uh, where they won their first Grammy. They later won another one for kids albums through for um, uh, I think it was for Here Come the One Two Threes, but they won a Grammy um, for best song written for a movie or TV show, and it was the first TV theme to win that category. I guess it was typically more like the movie songs from movies and stuff that would win it. So the first TV theme to win that Grammy. So that's pretty that's cool. Awesome. Uh, yeah. And so the original song was a 35 second song on this very obscure EP called What We Did This Summer. Yes, no, maybe. Um, if you guys aren't on the, if you want to like click stuff on the wiki, if you're looking at the the wiki here, I put the link there. And the best thing about the wiki is like right across the top, it has all these tabs. You know, it's got the um, song, lyrics, interpretations, credits, and then on the far right, it's got uh, chronology. Mm-hmm. And if you click on chronology for Boss of Me, it has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven versions yeah. that have been released. <laughs> so the what we did this summer uh thing if you if you click on that it's just this weird little white label promotional ep of just stuff that they put out in 1999 just like random 
stuff. It has the Dr. Evil song that they did for the Austin Powers movie. <laughs> it, it has some songs that then, three songs that then appeared on Mink Car two years later, and then this short Boss of Me. Because I had heard, like, what I previously thought was the demo was what was used in the theme. Because they ended up fleshing out the song and doing a whole version. But the story that I had heard was that Flans had heard, oh, there's this new show on Fox. They need a theme for it. And then just, like, in one evening, he records the whole thing. Because the, the theme, the actual theme, is drum machine and very kind of simple. It sounds like it might even be, like, a synth bass um guitar like that organy counter melody and the vocal like john linnell's not on it no one else is on it it's all yeah. flans and that's the story that i had heard well yeah actually let's start there what do you guys think of the theme version like not the music video version but the one that is used in the show i mean it sounds like it was just an idea that it like from because i mean we all do this with bands and songs it's like you write a bunch of stuff and you just have all these ideas floating around and um and then you shelve it and it just like these demos will just sit that you've made in your bedroom or you made in your practice space. And then you don't do anything with them until there's a reason to do something with them. Until Malcolm in the middle comes knocking. Yeah. Until, until someone's like, Hey, you got, right. you got a song about rejecting authority. It's like, Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Cause it, like it goes against what I'd heard before. Like I, I'm trying to remember where I even heard it was that like, he wrote it like the night before they like he had already he wrote it when he already knew they needed a song. But I don't think that's actually the case. I'm trying to remember who I heard that from. Like, I thought that it was like, oh, they're they're looking for a show, you know, like through his management. They're like, oh, hey, Fox is looking for a theme song. And then he writes it. But I don't that's doesn't seem to be the case. Yeah, it sounds like, like they probably knew they wanted they might be giants or they knew they wanted John, you know. So like, hey, what do you got? You know, and then got the but it still seems like maybe they needed it quick, or else why wouldn't they just have gone ahead and done the full band version? Because still the the theme version, um, like when I talked to Dan Hickey, the drummer who was in the band at the time, he's like, "Oh, that's not me on the theme. That's just a drum machine." <laughs> I'm like, "These guys are good at programming drum machines. Sometimes if you're not really paying attention, you wouldn't know." Or so that's like, why would they use? the drum machine version for the theme instead of the full band version. There's just so many questions. Well, like, I, oh, I, sorry, I, what were you go ahead. Eric, oh, I was, oh, I was going to say like, it's crazy that they, you know, record this idea, this, like, uh, this, this hook. Right. And, and then it's 35 seconds. And then all of a sudden, like it's the, it's the, you know, intro for the show, but then they're like, but we'll record a longer <laughs> full version. <laughs> But there's and it's more. A ska song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the theme, the theme version is a really ska. But then when they fleshed it out, it kind of turns into a ska song, and which like, is cool. I mean, I like how cool. it works. Yeah. And they add the horns, like the horns come in, just those blaring trumpets, like as they come in, like they're not in the first chorus, but then by the second chorus, it's yeah. trumpet and trombone come I in. I would have. So I would sweet. hypothesize that because the show, I mean, when you're making a pilot, right, you have to like make the pilot and then pitch the pilot. And right. like, you wouldn't yeah. invest resources in like doing a full theme if the show's not going to make it. Yeah, so like, they had no idea it was going to like blow up. Sure. So like a similar yeah. thing, uh, I remember reading an interview with uh, John Benjamin about Bob's Burgers and about the theme, or Laurel Bouchard talking about uh, the Bob's Burgers theme, and um, yeah, and just how like that initially started out as just like a toy piano and like a couple extra instruments. So like 
Ukulele. Like the very right? early episodes of Bob's Burgers, the theme is wildly different than the later episodes of Bob's Burgers and how it like continues oh. to evolve season to season. They like add new like sounds and features to it. So like if you listen to like season one, episode one of that show and then listen to like the most recent theme for an episode that just came out, it's two totally different songs, basically. Wow. Yeah. I've been watching that since the beginning, but I guess I'd have to go back to to hear that first theme. I, I think Lauren Bouchard was on a, a song exploder episode. That was what it was. That was uh, the episode that I talked that about. I yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah that, 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 yeah. that was a long time ago. I heard that, but I do remember loving that. Um, yeah. It's just so cool. It's almost just like, like it's like the definition of like bedroom pop or whatever us, you know, music nerds would call that sub genre. Yeah. Right, so it's just like, what's around here? And it's all stuff that's not very loud. It's just like little rinky-dink stuff. And uh, it's, it's a, that's a great theme, too. So, yeah, I imagine he had this little demo, and he sent it around to the show, and they used it probably in the first episode. And then either it either snowballed and just became the theme after that, or they evolved it once the song had gained some sort of notoriety. It's kind of like, oh, people actually dig this theme. Maybe we should do something about yeah. this. <laughs> Yeah. And it might have been a thing with the label too, like to, you know, if the, they go ahead and they make a music video, um, you know, so they're promoting the band to sell their records as well Which as promoting the show. You know, it's going to cross. Yeah. Genius. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? Well, what do you guys think about that one that actually appears to be the first one, the one that I labeled Weird Other Version? Uh, if you need to listen to that again, you can. It's I'm listening like, to it. I might need Slower and stuff. Yeah. So this is the first demo. Yes, no, maybe, I don't know, can you repeat the question? You're not the boss of me now, you're not the boss of me now, you're not the boss of me now, and you're not so big. You're not the boss of me now, you're not the boss of me now, you're not the boss of me now. It's very like 1960s in the beginning. It's slower. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird being this slow. Oh, yeah, it's kind of loungy. Yeah. Ooh. Um, they made this <laughs> 45 seconds long, and it's only supposed to be 35 seconds long for the YouTube link. So, I'm Yeah, upset. I think it's just the... Uh, I don't, yeah, I, don't, I think that's just like the tempo determines it, you know, that makes it longer. <laughs> it's slower, so it's longer. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so we talked about that you guys were mentioning how it became like a ska song. Um, what else do you like about the, so let's talk about the full band version, the music video version. Uh, uh, and also, what did you think about the music video? You guys like, had you great. seen that video yeah. before? The first time this morning. Yeah, yeah I had so never right. seen it before. Same. So good. It's great. Did you get a chance to watch? I know it's a little little longer, but the, the making of the video <laughs> yeah, that yeah. has all the actors <laughs> yeah. and stuff. I like the kids. Like, we've never been in a video before. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's while they're, and the one they're kid. all still young and impressionable. Pure, and, yeah. and like they're not famous yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The one kid. Yeah. They seem kind of nervous. And the one older brother, I'm forgetting what his character Reese. is called. Um yeah, he's like, I'm not going to be singing. Don't worry. <laughs> but Brian Cranston, he's just like fucking 
comedic genius and he just riffs on that thing about like dropping the burger on yeah, the ground right i'll probably flavor. drop it up <laughs> the grass clippings the... <laughs> but the video is so great you got flans's little legs sticking out from the burger as he bites it it's such a good video linnell getting launched in the rocket <laughs> now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our podcast friends you like they might be giants huh oh, i hope so considering the podcast you're listening to Do you want to listen to another podcast where they mention They Might Be Giants almost every episode and it has nothing to do with that band? Of course you do. Well, then we have the podcast for you. At Bare Naked ABCs, we discuss every Bare Naked Lady song alphabetically. We break down the music, break down the lyrics, discuss other appearances by the band, and just have a fun time in general. But we also have interviews sometimes with people related to the band, such as when we talk to Dave Foley of Kids in the Hall, Harlan Williams, Susan Rogers, and of course, Stephen Page and Andy Cregan from Bare Naked Ladies. So if you like funny, sarcastic, and irreverent humor and music, come listen to us talk about the Canadian They Might Be Giants over at Bare Naked. Uh, the musical elements of this uh, song, what else do we like besides the, um, well, hey, let's talk to the drummer man. What do you like about the, uh, Marcus, what do you like about the drums of this song? Well, okay, I always knew it was a drum machine. All right, so, full oh. transparency. Okay, well, well, what do you like about, well then, well, then, what do you like about the Dan, what do you like about the Dan Hickey version, the the real drums version in the music video? Right, I think that is kind of what makes it more Scotty. He kind of like, makes it a little bit more bouncy and like a little groovier, which is cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of wondering if did the show update the theme song like later on? I don't I think wonder. So. Yeah. I don't know. I think it was always, it's the like demo. always the same version. Yeah. I'm like watching the intro right now. <laughs> yeah. It's like season six intro. I think it's, I think it's yeah, the probably same is. throughout. But yeah. That fill, yeah, that I, fill is so iconic. <laughs> so wait the weird the weird other demo is the theme song and it or no no the weird other demo came out first on this promotional yes. ep and then, and then demo version what i thought was the de- was the only demo is the theme oh, okay got it and then there's the fleshed out version yes it's very confusing that, yeah that's i had to thank you thank you really like back in cart before the horse they kind of did you know yeah. right okay it's okay it's hard enough to keep track of like their bajillion like album released songs, and then each one has to have like three versions. Mm. Uh, yeah, the drum parts in this song are great, and I think ska is one of the best genres to drum in. <laughs> it's like you think about like Travis Barker being in the Aquabats. Yeah. Oh yeah. The best drumming that Travis Barker has ever done is in the Aquabats yeah. because his his showy stuff doesn't seem as obtrusive as it does in some of the Blink stuff. Um, uh, Derek Grant of Alkaline Trio, when he was in the Suicide Machines for those two albums, that drumming is fucking fantastic. Like, uh, uh, Marcus, were you ever in a ska band? So I wasn't, which is kind oh. of weird. Like, I don't know. I just kind of missed out on being in a ska band. Dude, you were like born to be in a ska band. I know. I and everybody was like, dude, how did you not play ska music? Yeah. But- and, and I say that less as your about your talent as a drummer, because you're a very uh, flexible drummer. I feel like you could just go from band to band and always find like where you fit. 
but the sense of humor, I think, is like the big, <laughs> the big part of it. You know, like right, like right. that's like I feel like a band, a ska band, sense of humor is equally as important as the songwriting or the technical proficiency or like, and you then those things can waver. Like you can have a band that's like sixty percent super funny and then like forty percent talent. And but it's one hundred percent Scott. Yeah, and it could be just as good. You could be just as good as a band that's sixty percent talent, forty percent funny. You know, like <laughs> that's why the Aquabats record. I love the Aquabats, but uh, Travis was only on that one record. So like that rips. is like where yeah. they perfectly locked it in the goofiness of like the cat with two heads and all these weird things. But then you got like. Travis Barker with like roto toms and chinas and splash symbols and all this, you know, just going berserk. Like it's just <laughs> a fucking great record. Yeah, Ska is just such happy music. Uh, were either you, Evan or Eric, were either of you ever in a Ska band? Eric, I'll let you go, uh, go uh, first. Oh, so <laughs> I, I, I've, I've told a few people this story, but so the first band I was ever supposed to be in was supposed to be a Ska band, and we came to practice, and only four people showed up, so we made an emo band. <laughs> that's how, oh. that's how, that's how and, it works. I blame Ska for everything. <laughs> <laughs> so you went from a uh, super happy kind of music to uh, faking how sad you are. Yeah, yeah to like, music, to like right? uh, under oath meets mineral or something. I think that's what. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Like. Okay. I that was supposed to I'm, be Ska. I'm, I'm but, picturing Well, that. I mean, it, that's yeah. what it became, you know. <laughs> That would be cool if you got a band with two guitarists. You you know you got the the '90s thing where the guitars are panned completely opposite ears. You got one guy playing upstrokes and the other guy playing like these weird sevenths and ninths all arpeggiated. Like, <laughs> what is going on here? <laughs> uh, yeah. So Evan, yeah. So I, you ever I went through a massive ska phase in middle school, and I had already um, my very first band, The Progress, had already been a band at that point. Like we were already like had started a band and um, I was playing bass. And so I really wanted to, in that moment, play bass in a ska band. I feel like bass players in ska bands have a little bit more, uh, they're cooler than bass players in some other bands because they're, <laughs> they're doing so much wild shit. And so like, I, so, yeah, like a lot of walking and, you know, like, you know, they can be a little silly and whatever. And so I was like super into fucking, I mean, I grew up in New Jersey, so that was like a ska hub. You know, and we had a yeah. bunch of local bands. Uh, the biggest one from like our town was called SGR, but the like SGR. Kept... Oh my god! Yeah, and saw. Uh, so we saw. I him. But we saw. I saw like Catch Twenty Two probably like every weekend, and that was like pre. That was like Keysby Knights era Catch Twenty Two. Yeah, and then they would have like a ska show at the Trocadero, which was like our big, like thousand cap. It was like the Metro in Philadelphia, basically, and um. Yeah. And so there'd be a show there like every weekend. And so we'd see like, you know, Skank and Pickle and Mephiscopheles and Hepcat and like all these, like there'd be shows that would just come in every week and we would just get tickets to every single one. And um, Fuck yeah. so I had a yeah. friend named Doug who was like my other ska show I'm cohort. I'm Doug. Yeah. <laughs> Doug, <laughs> Doug was a drummer. here. <laughs> Doug, was a, Doug was a drummer and it was like, okay, cool. We got the rhythm section. That's like the hardest thing to get. So like yep. now we got to just find like a guitar player and a couple horn players. And so we found all these people and the band was going to be called the other white meat. <laughs> <laughs> Such a good ska band name. And, uh, and we just couldn't, we just couldn't pull it together. And then eventually we all gave up, but that, but the idea of the other white meat stuck around for a very long time. Dude, ska that bands are so great. hard 
it's so hard to get that going. Yeah. Many moving parts, man. Yeah. Well, I was in a band for Uh, a decade that had seven members. Impossible. Yeah. (laughs) Possible. Very possible. Yeah. This band blue bottle, my, my best dudes, I was telling you about, they give me the, you know, we're like in San Diego playing in front of like a golden tea arcade machine with seven guys just smashed in there. Like we, we toured to California with two minivans. Uh, and this was 2001 was our, or no, 2003 was our last tour. We still like barely, I don't think any of us had cell phones. We had walkie talkies between the minivans. Oh, that's sick. And we're just like annoying each other with like the SOS, like the little beep, 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 just annoying each other. I gotta take a shit, dude. We've we've eaten In and Out Burger for four days straight. <laughs> so if this, if this wasn't a ska band you're talking about, it certainly sounds like the makings of one. <laughs> well, okay, so we kind of started out. You know, it's kind of like that ska turning to emo kind of thing. We ended up just being like kind of a braid influenced rock band that kept their horn section. Like we had a trumpet and two trombones, but our we had two guitarists, and they got bored of you know the upstrokes. In, in like after the first year of being a band, you know, and they started getting into other, you know, we started just listening to like strictly, you know, God damn it. And the honor system and all these, you know, bands with these big, you know, crunchy guitars. And we just, you know, we were all best friends. We weren't going to kick out the horn section. So that's just, uh, what was the band what? called? Blue bottle rocket from bottle. the crypt. I've got, yeah. Well, yeah, you know, my first, my defining show as a, as a fan, I went and saw Rancid uh, in 95, the Outcome of the Wolves tour, and Slapstick and Rocket from the Crypt opened. That's and that just show. like, thinking yeah, about cool. that lineup, I know, thinking about that lineup at this point, like, it, it, it fucking like blew my world open. Um, but yeah, that, that, it was super fun being in that band, but like totally not financially uh, a good idea. <laughs> and we were all just college kids. We were doing it more just like to go on a road trip yeah. with the boys. Let me you tell know. you, a power as a power trio, this is the most financially viable band I've ever been in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. True. <laughs> Confirmed. Strength and less numbers. Confirmed. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, my man Outdoor Valor, like, we were a duo, we've expanded to a, a five-piece, but it was just me and my wife for a while, and my drum tracks from the album would just be on an iPod, so there were no drums to bring. We toured, uh, we would do torcations, and we toured to Yellowstone in my hatchback. We did shows on the southern route to Yellowstone. We camped and did the, the vacation thing in the middle, and then took the northern route back and like we paid for all the gas money because we were in a fuel efficient hatchback yeah and uh brought an air mattress and just slept on people's floors and did all that and it was the least money i've i was i was used to just losing tons of money on tours because my previous bands were just too big (laughs) (laughs) but it's a good time but it is hard to arrange uh horn and it's hard to find horn players that are good but also into the music that you're into i guess but scott scott kind of you know, it brought all the band kids into like the ska punk kind of fold. I mean, you should ask Eric about uh, being a horn player. <laughs> oh, did you? What? What did you play back in 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 uh, um, high school? I played I played saxophone, played alto and tenor sax, <laughs> and then uh, I took a few years off. But uh, yeah, off. you you can uh, you can hear my uh, my progressive saxophone playing on a. Uh, Pets and B side that will be re released soon. Oh. <laughs> and I will drop that clip in now. <laughs> you would actually That's have no amazing. idea that it's saxophone either. It's so <laughs> oh, 
Oh, you progressive like is a, a good of, term for it. Yeah. It's, uh, do you put like a bunch of effects on avant, it? Avant-garde yes. saxophone playing, I would it's call like, it. Yeah. It's like Miles Davis in the 80s, you know? We were, that's what we were channeling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was playing in the dark. And I had not touched a saxophone in like 15 years. So that's what it sounds like. Yeah. And you were still, you still had the same reed that was in your case from 15 yeah, years ago. Yeah, I did. It t- <laughs> it's, uh, I think it was bubblegum flavored. Only true band freaks know. <laughs> I'm sure it was not the brand that your band director recommended that you get. Yeah, get the get the flavored ones. Those are the best quality reads. <laughs> um, back to back to Bossamine though, uh, Evan. What do you think about the bass lines in this song, the Danny Weinkoff bass lines? Oh, I, you know, I think this is actually, uh, you know, one of the things I really love about They Might Be Giants in general is just the modulation and the way they play with chord structures. And this song is, I think, an exception to the rule of They Might Be Giants. This one is uh, like kind of them going out of their wheelhouse a little bit and honestly i think it's probably why this song has been so um recognized in terms of like a wide a a wide scope or a wider scope as to many other they might be giant songs it's a very accessible straightforward song and um you know and that's i think speaks to um you know it's why it's so good in the show it's why it's so good as a theme song you know it's not like them being totally off the wall and zany as or at least as zany as usual so right. for me, it just does the job. It's just, a, it's exactly what the bass should be doing. Um, and watching the Letterman clip, you know, like they're just like rocking the fuck out and it's, oh, yeah. it's awesome. Yeah. I'll drop a little audio clip of that in there. All right, everybody, we are back. Folks, in addition to providing original music for Malcolm in the Middle, my next guests have a brand new EP available exclusively through emusic.com. And they're here tonight to offer their very own farewell. To our good friend Andy, please welcome our old pals from Brooklyn, They Might Be Giants. They're just having so much fun, and Dan Hickey, the drummer, even brings the Roto Toms along. Yeah, Did you notice that, yeah. I, I like that yeah. a lot. <laughs> that live performance is sick. Yeah, God, yeah, and and the horns, like those horns, uh, those dudes have been on a lot of songs of theirs. They've had a lot of cool horn guys throughout the years, like um, Mark Pender from Conan's band, Conan O'Brien's band, was on Doctor Worm. Like he's the one that plays that high trumpet note at the end of Doctor Worm. Um, 
so like all those all those like Brooklyn guys um, kind of in, in, intermingle, but that uh, Dan Levine and uh, Jim O'Connor is actually the guy that plays trumpet on this one. I'm not sure if he's the one that's actually there on Letterman. Oh yes, I you know, know what? I actually misspoke because it's not Letterman; it's Conan. It's Conan. Oh yeah, that, yeah. Conan. So, they, they do do it. They do it on Leno. They did it on. I mean, they did it a bunch because it came so popular. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Conan one. I just I you know I'm a big Conan fan, so I did they play it on Letterman? That one. They played it on Leno. I don't think I saw one on Letterman, but they played it on uh, Killborn. Yeah. Killborn. Uh, Killborn, oh, yeah. Dude. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That guy. Well, <laughs> well it's funny. There's, a, there's also the Daily Show connection. Like, the They Might Be Giants redid the Daily Show theme when Jon Stewart came in after Craig Kilborn. Yeah. And mm. so, like... Talk about cool. The Daily Show theme when Stuart was on was They Might Be Giants playing a Bob Mould song. Like, Bob Mould of Who's Could Do wrote the Daily Show theme. Yeah. Oh, I, I didn't that. know that. That's cool. That's Those two things combining are just, like, the coolest fucking thing. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. I think they did the Last Week Tonight theme show. Theme song, oh, too. The John, uh, John Oliver? I think so. It kind of sounds it? like them. I don't, I don't know for sure, but I was like, oh, I think that's They Might Be Giants. Yeah, some quick sure. googling here yeah if not yeah. then maybe uh influenced by you know i wish i had a device that could tell me the answer to this very quickly yeah <laughs> it's a band called valley lodge oh. it's a song called go oh cool never mind a power pop quintet based in new york of course new york power <laughs> pop you know it's awesome. yeah whatever i bet they play power death pop. by audio and- <laughs> <laughs> oh man death by audio um I want those pedals so bad. Oh, it's actually the dude from Sensefield. Oh, the drummer from Sensefield. Really? Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Oh, cool. That is a great song. Like, it's so short, but like every part and every little guitar riff is so catchy. That's why I thought it was They Might Be Giants. It's like, it sounds like it would be. Uh, maybe those guys grew up on it and should be on the podcast. There you go. <laughs> Uh, Eric, what do you think about the, the, the guitars in, in this one? It's a guy who didn't get to play ska. Oh, man. Uh, so, like, I can play it, so that means it's very accessible and very straightforward. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite part for the guitars is definitely the bridge. Like, that little instrumental yeah. chromatic thing they do. I'm... I'm like when you guys, well, when you guys played it, you didn't get to the the bridge, but you know, in the in the, I think we only played, we only did the theme song version. We the theme only version. did the chorus. Right. <laughs> yeah, we just did the 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 very short like twenty second version of the song. Yeah, the guided by voices version. Yeah. But, we, but we played <laughs> First it. Chorus, but we yeah. play it six times in a row. Yeah, we played it so many times that it felt like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But Eric, what do you think about that bridge on the uh, on the full version? That whole chromatic. I like it. I mean, Daily. I think that's like the the most they might be giants part is like them doing like you know some weird chromatic like uh, something different. <laughs> yeah, that's them. Like we can't completely stay in one key the whole time. Yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll at least do like a little climb. Yeah, and I like all the. There's just a lot of like bends on the guitar, like <laughs> and then yeah, Super watching fun. him watching him do it on Conan was cool too. Just like just shredding and yeah, they're just yeah. doing their thing. But so good. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, I and, like it. I mean, I, I even like the Scott part. Yeah. That, that Conan <laughs> clip actually Dan Miller, their other guitarist. So there's Flansburg's on guitar, mm-hmm. but Dan Miller is not on that particular show. And I had to go uh, ask uh, my friend, John Eulis, who's like the, uh, he helps uh, run the wiki. He's like, he knows everything about they might be giants. And on that version, I don't know if Miller was 
sick or, or what, but this guy, uh, Mike Viola is on it and he was in, oh, what was the name of his band? He looked like a rocker. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, like, who the hell is this guy? He looks like he should have a cigarette in his mouth and just like be fucking shredding. He's saying that gold guitar. (laughs) Yeah, the gold top. Yeah. 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 Uh, Mike Viola, you might know his other, what's the name of the band? Guns and Roses. The Beatles. The Beatles, the shitty Beatles. He was in the Candy he Butchers. He plays with Ryan Adams. Really? Yeah. But he... Um, so he has no on. gig anymore. Yeah, that means <laughs> and he, he's out of work. Oh, here we go. Mike Viola co-wrote and sang That Thing You Do. Yeah, he's in The Wonders. Oh, and oh. Fountains of Wayne. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh! Yeah. He's in, uh, so there he you doesn't, go. He doesn't play in Fountains of Wayne. He was in The Wonders, the major, li- the major labels, a band called Snap, and then Candy Butchers. The Candy the Butchers, thing. yeah. Um, but, and his man. birthday is the day before mine. Ah. Wow. R.I.P. Adam Schlesinger. The Libra. But Mike Viola, man, he's got a great voice. I mean, that thing you do is just oh, classic. Oh, he also, he also co-wrote almost all of the music in Walk Hard. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, this guy rules. <laughs> and he wrote a Mandy Moore, like a bunch of Mandy Moore songs. Yeah. Uh, you should interview this guy. Instead of <laughs> yeah. I will, I will do my best. Yeah. This guy, yeah, this guy rules, man. Walk hard. I need, I need more didgeridoos. <laughs> <laughs> He's also done stuff with Andrew Bird and Wolfpack and, yeah, Ryan Adams, Panic at the Disco, The Monkees. Man, um, he's all quite over Quite a place. resume. Butch Walker, yeah. Jenny Lewis, Fall Out Boy. You know, he's worked on a lot of stuff. This guy rules. Wow. Yeah. So he's the guy who was filling in for Miller. I don't know what the story is there, but on that particular showing, Miller, uh, he's on all the other late night appearances for that. Um Let's get into, we talked about the musical elements. Let's get into the lyrical elements. Let's pitch it back to, to Marcus. What do you like best about the lyrics? Are there any particular <laughs> lines or what about it uh, speaks to you? Basically, fuck authority. You're not the <laughs> boss of me. That's my mantra. So yeah, I, I identify with this song fully. Yeah. Evan, any particular I, I, I parts of it? I gotta say the same. It, it, it completely, uh, it completely captures uh, youthful energy, which is strange because they had to have been in their forties when they wrote this song. <laughs> Let's see. But I don't know who they, the who's the metaphorical boss in this situation. Like, who who is who is who are the Johns talking about? Right. Is it is it a major label? Is it a you know? Um, is is life actually unfair? I mean, they you got know, they this were, opportunity to be on this television show, probably made a lot right. of money. <laughs> but they were not long. It wasn't long after that they uh, were dropped from Electra, or they, mm. they quit their, their time at Electra in 97. So then this was three years later. And I mean, that if he'd had it sitting on a, in a tape for a while, you know, and maybe was like feeling sore about their major label thing. And like now they're just kind of self-releasing stuff, right? Yeah, they're very self-sufficient. It's uh, their Idlewild is their their label. Would, they release everything on that. Would you say that they are like the Fugazi, or uh, you know, yeah? You, would you say that they are like the Discord Fugazi of like kind of silly adult like indie rock? <laughs> you know, there are some yes. there are some similarities. There are some similarities in the way that they uh, try to take care of their fans. Um, 
you know, they, they try to make sure that stuff isn't too expensive. They, they've got a really cool fan club. They try to make sure that, um, like they're playing different sets. Uh, like they actually refer to the wiki when they go back to play a town again on the next tour, they will look on here because fans upload the set lists and they'll make sure they're not playing the same set. So they're making sure that their fans are getting to hear, you know, as many different songs as possible. The, you know, so the, there are some similarities there. And I think if, if people were hurting each other in the audience, they, the Flansburg would definitely get down there and like drag a guy out. <laughs> 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 no moshing <laughs> at, at, to boss of me only skanking <laughs> eric any uh, like are there any particular lines in the verse that that, that speak to you eric or you know I, I was looking at the lyrics so look i got that pulled up right now so you know it's like the end of the chorus you're not the boss of me now and you're not so big maybe they are talking about a label maybe they maybe they are taking down taking down the man I don't know. A big label. Uh, yeah. Life is unfair. So I just stare at the stain on the wall where the TV'd, they did TV with an TV'd. apostrophe D yeah. bin. Oh, <laughs> like, oh, TV'd I don't know. bin. Yeah. TV'd bin. All right. I don't know. Maybe they're just, they're trying to move on, man. They're just like, you're, they're like, the label is behind us, but it's still there with its, its shittiness and we hate it, but it's there. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe that's yeah, I mean, there's the stain from the uh, yeah, like the bitterness yeah, of the yeah. the label thing falling apart. Life is a, yeah, I, life is a test, I, and I confess, I like this mess I've made so far. Mm-hmm. God, the internal rhyme there. Great on a curve, and you'll observe I'm right below the horizon. So maybe <laughs> they didn't live up to the standards. Maybe they didn't live up to the standards of the major, you know? And they're but just they like, like what they're up to. Yeah, you know, they like what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The big tipping point with them being off of uh, Electra was. Again, the Johns being cool guys, they were trying to take care of their bandmates, and things were already starting to kind of sour, but they were on tour in Japan, and the story is that um, the label was pushing them to do like some in-store appearances, and they're like, no, we promised the band, our bandmates, that they'd get to go see some sites in Japan. And then, like, this guy from the label shows up, and he's like, oh, I'm here to take you to this thing, and they're like, we said we weren't doing that. He's like, oh, well, I was told I need to bring you over there, and they're like, no. And they basically were just like, no, we're not going to do that. And uh, canceled this this appearance that the label wanted them to do so they could go sightseeing in, in Tokyo, I believe. Yeah. So they told the label guy, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> you're not the boss of me. The right, it's the right decision. You know? yeah. there's, so always awesome. another, there's always another in-store fucking thing, whatever, who cares? Like, no one's going to remember that, you know, like. Yeah. And they've yeah. never been to Japan since. Ever again. <laughs> <laughs> Japan shunned them. Yeah. I love the the rhyme schemes in this. And it's one of the things that made this, because uh, I always debated when I was doing these, these it's like we're going to listen to my first graders sing it in a minute. And the more rhymes, the better when you're teaching a song to kids. Because when there's a rhyme coming up, like if your brain is thinking ahead to what the rhyme's going to be, you can kind of fill in the line. Um, it's just like kind of, kind of like it, it helps you to memorize the words quicker. If you know that, you know, life is unfair, you know, it's going to rhyme with stare on the wall where, um, yeah, the, uh, test confess. I like this mess. It, it just makes a, you know, a six, seven year old brain able to fill it in, even though the lyrics are not, it's not a kid song, but it works so well with kids I, w- I was surprised because i was like do i do this song you know it's a long song it's got a lot of words but they did great i think you could say that about adults too <laughs> yeah we, i mean people like rhyming, people it's, love uh, the rhyme. you know, it feels good it feels good 
Bebe. 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 Anything else about the uh, the lyrics before we listen to my, my first graders there? So I'm reading the Wikipedia page for the song Boss of Me. And it says, the song was originally written with the chorus, who's going to guess the dead guy in the envelope for a contest presented by the Preston and Steve show during their Y100 days. Y100? That was my local radio station. That's the Philly, like, indie rock radio. Or, like, like that's where I heard, like, That Dog for the first time. And uh, Was Preston and Steve a oh, show you used to listen to? Preston and Steve was, like, the morning show. Ah. Hold on, Marcus. Where are you seeing this? This is the which, it's which, boss of me on Wikipedia. Yeah. It's like for the Malcolm in the Middle theme song. Oh, not on the They Might Be Giants. Wiki. No, no, it's just on the, Wikipedia the on Wikipedia page. What? Who's gonna guess? The who's dead gonna guy? guess the dead guy? Who's gonna guess the dead guy yeah. <laughs> in the <What>? envelope? <laughs> the fact that that didn't make it over to the official wiki makes me question its uh, authenticity. No, that, uh, I, I don't. I don't think that would have been a a they might be giants like authorized thing. But that would have been a thing that that would have been the theme that Preston and Steve would have parodied as like a morning drive time contest. <laughs> yeah. right. right. I get that. Yeah. 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 Oh, here's a quote on the wiki that uh, I forgot to bring up. The um, About the, the show, uh, Malcolm in the Middle, the creator of the show is Linwood Boomer. Oh, yeah. Who, if you are the age, this is Flansburg, if you are the age of my wife, exactly, is a name that you would recognize instantly because he played the blind boyfriend on Little House on the Prairie as a child actor. Okay, Boomer. The, <laughs> the office, right. The office called and my wife took a message and said, this guy Linwood Boomer wants to talk to you. And she was like, I don't know how many people were named Linwood Boomer, but I get a feeling he was on Little House on the Prairie. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's man, my, my wife loved that show. I never watched that show in reruns or whatever, but Linwood Boomer, that's that's quite a name. Yeah, I read, name. I read that this morning when I was waking up and I went, what the? fuck is yeah. this <laughs> it's, a powerful, it's a powerful name you know now there's also a thing on the wiki that says that at kids shows when they might be giants have done some of their kids shows uh tours this song is sometimes performed in a mellow bluegrass format i could not find any audio or video of them doing that but i really would like to hear it as a yeah i bet it's got chill I bet it's got some bluegrass summer some uh, banjo in there you know some sweet mandolin off of me banjo version yeah uh, this song was parodied on Mad TV. Here's a link I forgot to include. Um, let me. I did watch that. See. I watched I'm that this morning. Right now, it it's Malcolm you, Malcolm X in the middle. Do you see? <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Let, hold on. <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not uh, PC. Let's put it. No, that way. no, not at all. <laughs> I'm not your slave. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Holy crap. Mad TV. Yeah, there was some stuff on there like uh, they, they, you know, they went a little more out there in terms of pushing the envelope with that PC stuff than SNL did, I think. Well, there's also the 90s. Like, yeah. There hadn't hadn't really been accountability yet. I mean, they actually, they actually make a reference to accountability in, in the bit, which like, I think it's more uh, kind of teasing just classic tropes of like 70s, 80s, 90s television of like how, um, you know, television networks would basically just exclude people of color. But it does it in a, or the token, it it in a very like the token black way. Guy. Which is, <laughs> right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Matt TV was always like, 
they wanted you to laugh, but then at the end they wanted you to be like, oh, yeah, like, and like, like yeah. really oh, uncomfortable, no. you know. And at the end of that clip, you hear them go, oh, in the audience. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> let's um, let's get more wholesome then, and uh, listen to my first graders sing this song. Oh yes, all right, click <laughs> this link. This sounds like my old pal Stinky Whizzleteats. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe what you. What does that even mean? Do you ever do you ever watch uh hang on, I'll send a link to the group. Yeah, what was Stinky Whizzle Weasel Teats from? It's Happy Happy Joy Joy from Ren and Stimpy. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh. Hey Greg, I can't believe so, yeah. so some girl some 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 child in the front, she she has her arms crossed because yeah. you know, uh-huh. fuck authority, and you yeah, right? and you, the authority, <laughs> make her uncross her arms. That's yeah, without up, stopping man. the song. <laughs> Fucked up. Without stopping the song. That's some music teacher stuff. I can I can there could be a million distractions thrown at me and I could, if I know the song well enough, just keep playing and yell at a kid and continue the song. <laughs> keep playing and yell at a kid. <laughs> That's what it's all about, baby. You know, we talk about, you know, performance, uh, posture. See, we got another kid with his hands in his pockets. Oh, <laughs> Gavin, what are you doing? That's <laughs> me. Can you, can you retroactively change their grades? You know, I think I could go, well, the school year isn't officially over. I could go change the grade and finalize it. (laughs) No, that's Veda, though. She's great. Uh, She is amazing. But I think she was just a little nervous and it's kind of like, you know, blocking yourself. Are you doxing your students right now? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Got to beep that out. (laughs) Veda. Yeah. I know. How many kids are named Veda? (laughs) Yeah, what do you guys think? Did my kiddos do a good job or what? They did great. They did great. They did great. It's a it's a good kid friendly tune to sing, right? Like it's an easy melody. Yeah, they but can all yell it. They all they all come home after school and disobey their parents and yeah, you're not the boss <laughs> of me. Yeah, it it sounded like as I talked to them about it, like during our rehearsals and stuff, it seemed like more when they were using against their older brothers and sisters yeah. than their parents. Mr. Simpson uh, told us we, you're not the boss of me. Uh, <laughs> you know, I don't. I don't have to eat my vegetables. I'm not taking out the that, trash. Just, you know that did cross my mind. That like you know when I'm thinking about because um, we did Particle Man as well. Like I played my accordion for some of the songs. If you watch later in that in our set, and I did Doctor Worm and Particle Man on accordion. And uh, when we were learning Particle Man, it has the like, is he depressed or is he a mess? And so I'm like, do you guys know what depressed means? <laughs> uh, sad. I'm like, yeah, we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> they said dead. <laughs> Sad. Sad. Uh, Sad. Do you know what the press means? Dead. Let's, like, let's not go. Oh, that's true. Yeah, no. Like, oh. 
Oh, now there's like sad. Let's let's not go into you know the any sort of the clinical elements of it. Let's just yeah, I mean sad because that does cross my mind when I'm doing songs in school. You know, you have to to be careful about what uh, parents complain about everything. Everything these days, it's insane. But they just don't understand. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. And I say you're not the boss of me. Yeah. Uh, my principal. So is. I, I dropped uh, <laughs> I dropped the I dropped Stinky Whistle Teats, uh, seminal '90s hit, Happy Happy Joy Joy, in the chat. Which, <laughs> Thank you. Um, so in case y'all wanted a reminder, that is yeah. I I just didn't know that uh, was the name of. It's a song. Stinky it's a song about a whale. No, it's a song about being happy. No. <laughs> <laughs> Happy, happy, joy, joy. That makes sense. Let's go on to... Uh, okay, now you're going to hear me play bass on this song. The last, the most recent live episode we did was for They'll Need a Crane, and we did it in Bloomington, Indiana, um, back in February, right You know, right before we all shows were canceled. And uh, we called the band Two of Four, which is a reference to uh, the, one of They Might Be Giants' kids' songs. So uh, check that out on our, our uh, the band camp uh, there. We, we, we fuck it up a bit. It's a live cover. Are you ready? Yes? No? Maybe? Get it? <laughs> I don't know. I'm so tired. Yes, no, maybe. I don't Some high quality ska clean guitar right here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's my friend Dana playing guitar. And my friend Johnny on drums. Is Johnny's last name actually magic? No. <laughs> Johnny Summer. That's his nickname, yeah. What's his Johnny what's his magic. actual last name? Johnny uh, Johnny Summer. Johnny Johnny. <laughs> Summer. Johnny Johnny Summer. Johnny Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. And then when we got done, when I was mixing it after, we skipped a whole verse. Like, we were planning to play the full version. We ended up skipping the grade on a curve part because we were so excited about getting to that wacky bridge. (laughs) (laughs) I told Danny after the fact, I'm like, did you realize we skipped a whole verse? Like, what? We did? I think we might have done that with one of the They Might Be Giant songs, too, when we played our show. I think we skipped a verse in, like, I Palindrome Eye or something. There's fucking hard songs. There's so many parts, you know? So many chords. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was fun to, but like playing, I mean, you know, Evan, playing bass and singing, I think is harder than playing guitar and singing. It's so hard. Because you're playing single notes for the most part. Um, 
so you're trying to sing maybe a different note than the single note that you're playing on the bass, whereas a guitar, if you're playing a chord, you're covering, you're probably one of those strings is playing the note that you're singing. I, I, I don't know. Have you always, uh, what was, was bass your first, when you played in your first rock bands, were you the bassist? Oh, so, uh, okay. This is a kind of a long story, <laughs> but so, <Okay. laughs> uh, in the fifth grade, um, you know, me and uh, my friend Mike and Mike's brother Eric, we were all kind of learning the guitar. And I I had a guitar for a little bit earlier and I like got it and I took a couple lessons like really, really young. And the lessons were all about like your scales and like learning how to play yeah. traditional songs. And I like wanted no part of that. I just wanted to like learn how to play Green Day and Weezer and that was it. Like I didn't give a shit about anything else. So fifth grade rolls around and Mike and his brother are playing guitar and they know that I have a guitar. And so they come up to me and they're like, Hey, like, you, you want to start a band, you know? And, uh, and none of us knew what that meant or like what you needed to do to start a band. So we, um, start hanging out with our guitars together, but we're not actually playing. We're just like hanging out <laughs> in the house. And, uh, and so eventually, um, you know, we realized we do want to kind of take it seriously. And Eric, who is Mike's younger brother was actually like getting pretty good. Like all things considered, he was like really fucking yeah. good at the guitar. So we'd find our friend Jason, who was just a dude that we liked hanging out with. And we were like, hey, you want to play drums in a band? And Jason like went back, fucking bless his parents, man, because he went back to his folks and was like, hey, like my friends and I want to start a band. Like, I want to play drums. And they actually like got him a drum set and and he like, nice. took it seriously and like really started taking lessons and getting really into it. And uh, and so it, we actually started playing together and realized that we needed a bass player. And so me and Mike, it came down to me and Mike. Cause like Eric was the best guitar player out of all three of us. And yeah. so he had to play guitar and then we needed two guitars just cause for some reason we thought we needed two guitars. And, uh, we, we rock paper scissored on the school playground to see who would have to play bass. <laughs> and I lost. <laughs> so I had to go back home and be like, mom, you know, like I, I lost the rock paper scissors. I got to play bass in the band. Like you know, can we get a bass? And uh, still stuck in the game, dude. Still stuck at rock paper scissors. So yeah. So I fucking <laughs> I got like a cheap like hundred dollar bass and started taking lessons. And it was a lot easier for me to learn my favorite songs on bass than it was on guitar. And so I just started like learning my favorite tunes. And then we all started having band practices together, like actually starting to like write songs and learn covers together in like the fifth or sixth grade. And that became that group of four people became my band, the progress, which was like the one that started touring when we were in high school. Awesome. But at, before that we were named uh J-A-R after the, like our favorite green day song. <laughs> oh, the Angus soundtrack. So, um, so we like, you know, that was basically my cue was like right from like learning how to play my instrument. I had, was a singer playing my instrument. So, yeah, um, me and Mike split all the vocal duties on everything and like sang certain songs. Mike was usually the lead, but like we both sang in that band. And, uh, and that was kind of my, my intro to that. So, but I actually find it much more challenging to line up rhythm than notes. Uh-huh. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So if you're doing like syncopated stuff vocally or syncopated stuff on the bass and trying to sing a straightforward melody or like a detailed melody, it's a lot harder, I think, on bass guitar than it is on actual guitar. Yeah, and that's why it was tricky. Me playing bass and singing on that that live one, like I'm I'm, I'm a bit pitchy, dog, at the beginning, but like the bass part, like the Scott, 
little classic American Idol reference. Uh, since it's like a ska kind of reggae song, you're not accenting the downbeat as much. It's like you're hitting the twos and fours. You know, like that reggae thing where you're actually like not hitting the downbeat hard. Yeah. You know, like the drummer will do the you know the clicks and the, and the kick on two instead of on. Uh, one and so that's what the hardest part for me was like i didn't replicate danny weinkoff's bass part exactly because it's just insane mm-hmm. um, but i tried to make it a little reggae or whatever and bass isn't my main instrument so that it was it was tricky i'm pretty sure on the pet sim version too i'm just doing root notes i don't think i really expanded out well i guess we only did the first 20 seconds of the song so. <laughs> there wasn't as much ska in your version yeah yeah but speaking of ska the the biggest band to cover the song is less than jake they did a whole EP of theme songs, and they wait. only do the theme version. If you you got to skip to three, I almost didn't find this till I saw it mentioned on the wiki because I couldn't find it as just a single song anywhere. It's just a part of this eleven minute YouTube. So so listen listen to that real quick. Yes, no, maybe I don't know. Can you repeat the question? You're not the boss of me now. They just kind of funky. They sang the rhythm a little weird too. Isn't that second chord? Does that second chord sound wrong? It does. I backed it yeah. up a couple times. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, fuck you, Lesson Jake. <laughs> <laughs> they probably just learned it in like ten minutes. <laughs> so did we. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> in a Thanks song that has four chords. <laughs> I wish I wish Roger sang it because it would have been like ah, yeah, 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 yeah. like that. Yeah, that would have been way more fun to me for me. <laughs> <laughs> but in a song that has four chords to mess up one of them, that's, uh... <laughs> now this next one I think is my favorite. It's almost as if like, so the band is called kids in motion. You know, I saw it come up on YouTube. I'm like, Oh, it's going to be like a kid's music kind of band. No, it's like a simple plan kind of band. Oh, I can't wait. Check it out. Check this shit out. And it's a really slick looking music video too. Yes, no, maybe. I don't I got a portal, Facebook portal. Uh, bummer. <laughs> oh, dude, this there's a dinosaur. All right, I'm, I love I'm the dino. This. Yeah. Oh, I love uh, the white. He's got the the tank top on. Very yep. pop punk. Got the Ern, the Ernie Ball bass there. Ooh, yeah. Some nice plugs. Yeah. <laughs> 
I'm, I, I can't wait for the verse. This I one. want the verse to happen. What's it going to sound like? <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I don't hate this. <laughs> I know. It's fucking just like kinda, perfect early aughts pop punky. There's a little bit of screaming that comes later. Oh, no. There's a double time it. verse. Dude, this verse? What is this? <laughs> yeah. They take some liberties with it, which I like. Dude, the jump kick in the verse, it's like the least sexy jump kick ever. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. wait. <laughs> This is uh, take a lot of suburbly twists. suburban. <laughs> yeah. Well, they try to make it kind of look like Milk in the Middle, I think, right? Yeah, they, they do. They kind of like made it like that bros. video, yeah. Yeah. Where's this band from? I'm going to guess Ohio. <laughs> I, I'm guessing Canada. Oh, sure, sure. Dude, Canada, oh. totally. I get a Canadian vibe. Dude, this this is pretty rocking. This bridge is kind of sick. <laughs> Did you get to the double time part? Oh, not there yet. There it is. I, I'm there. Yep. Nice. Oh. Okay. Okay. Ooh. You guys want to take some? Gu- I found out where they're from. You guys want to take some guesses? Some different. I guesses? found it Buffalo. too, so I won't Buffalo, guess. New York. They're not from America. Oh, uh, New Zealand. No. <laughs> hmm. Are they German? Close. Yeah, very ah, close. Austrian. No. French. Are they French? Yes, they are French. There you go. French. Bordeaux. They're from Bordeaux. Really? Bordeaux. They, so if you look at their car uh, at 253 uh, in the song, it says on their uh, rear view mirror, we make porn. And it's three dudes just <laughs> looking at you. This is really weird. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> this cover is great, though. Like yeah. They put a lot of time they and effort into this. They put a lot of this. effort into this. Yeah, yeah they did. How many, how many places does it have? 42,000. Damn. So not not huge numbers, but it's still pretty the good. Thing that I noticed about this is that the vocal that's hottest in the mix, like the lead dude, actually sings like the harmony. Mm. Like, did you notice that if you listen to the chorus, you're like, this sounds a little different. But it's like the backup vocalist is singing what's the actual Flansburg melody, and the lead guy is singing like up a third yeah. or something. Like it doesn't sound wrong because it's like it's, but it's the harmony that's the hottest in the mix, which is kind of throws me but i love that version it's so good <laughs> cool <laughs> so let's move on to the next one most of these you can get the vibe just by listening to the first 30 60 seconds so soft animals on Bandcamp. i don't know can you Man, these guys are French too. This is kind of like emo. 
Yeah, this is yeah. like the version I would do or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the beat with all the toms in it. Ride that floor tom, baby. This this is an emo one. Yeah, let's move on to a MIDI version. How about that? MIDI. Yeah, let's get it. Uh, on the YouTube channel, uh, Nico MIDI. And it's going to be like Guitar Hero style. You're going to see the MIDI notes oh. just flying forward. Oh, this is, okay. I like this. Did you guys <laughs> did you guys ever use uh Tabit back in the day? I never did yeah. but my oh. friends did. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. This is fun. Is that just like MIDI MIDI programming software? It was sick, or, yeah. Or you or could what? like write whole songs with like drums, guitar, keys, whatever. It was like these like sampled crappy tones, and you would write out your songs yeah. like tab. And it would play back the tab uh, as so you didn't have to know like proper music notation exactly. It was, it was yeah, but you could like, like write crazy like yeah. kind of unplayable shit and then actually learn it from your tabs that you would write. Nice, yo, the- Marcus. Are you seeing the green hi hat line? Oh, yeah. right around forty seconds. Look at the sixteenth notes and shit. Did, any, did anyone <laughs> read the so comments cool. for this one? Because they're all great. Because they're all super lame. They're like. My Excellent. favorite character, my, my favorite character in Malcolm in the Middle is Reese. I, I like Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah, <laughs> my favorite thing about that comment. <laughs> my favorite thing about that comment, Eric, is the uh, the extra space bar that was used. Yeah. My favorite space space character in space space Malcolm. Like what? And then it's in another language, and I don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> this is so wacky. So so good. Fun. I always try to find. There's a lot of chiptune, uh, like you know, go figure. A nerdy band like they might be giants as people into chiptune. Like there's a guy that did the entirety of Flood and an eight bit. Whoa! And uh, it's pretty amazing. So you know, move on to the next one. I think Whoa. you guys will like this. I like one the name. Too. I like the name Jam Jam Club. Jam Club. Jam Club. Oh, Jam yeah. Club sounds on Bandcamp. Wow. Oh, it's Scott. Hell yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> Auto-tuned? <laughs> yeah. Auto-tuned and fuzzed. Wow. I love, I love hashtag Scott. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got to make sure that people, when people are searching for Scott, that they find your boss of me cover. Hashtag trauma. But then you get to it, so like it's all these kind of manufactured sounds, but then there is what I'm pretty positive is real trombone in this. Yeah. Like what sounds like an this actual trombone. This one also trombone. seems the most accurate to the original. Like this is this seems like the chords are right. The This is only this yeah. is only four months old. <laughs> oh yeah. Wow. Oh shit. Yeah. I love the logo for Jam Club too. It's like a, a little <laughs> mason jar of jam. <laughs> All right. I'm not sure if you guys have any time constraints. I did have, uh, there were three more on here we do not need to do unless you wanna. Um, <laughs> there's another, I think this next guy is also French. I wanna hear, I wanna hear Justy. Just, 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 Just David. 
That's awesome. His accent is amazing. And he puts all these extra little riffs in, if you want to check that one out. Ooh, Just the reverse David. headstock strat. Okay. Ooh, yeah. Yes, no, maybe. Maybe I don't know. Can you repeat the question? But it's one of these, you know, the thing you'll see on YouTube a lot is guys doing like split screen where like, look, I can play every instrument and it's four of them. Yeah, yeah. But here he does it where it's alternating between it'll cut to him on bass, it'll cut to him on guitar. And I kind of like this technique better where it just this is flips a, back and forth. This is the Scottune Network technique. Oh, yeah. yeah. Are familiar. Oh, that's great shit. Let's go ahead and uh, forget about those last two. Do you guys want to? <laughs> The only thing left is to score the song. If you guys want to go ahead, we can talk about those two. We got an acoustic guitar cover, and then uh, this Bones one is kind of an interesting I'm, live. I'm going to give Bones a 100 out of 10 and dilute creative music a, a 6. I, cl- yeah, I just clicked I, on I'm Bones. With you. I actually I completely agree. I completely agree with that rating system. I think 100 out of 10 is the perfect score for this. Um, Are you on Bones right now? I'm on dilute creative, but 6 is a good score. <laughs> We don't need to score the covers. Talk about the They Might Be Giants version. I don't I don't want to make anyone feel bad. I actually got some bad comments on uh, Apple Podcasts when it just first started because I made a critique that someone's singing was a little flat. Uh, well, everybody's singing is and flat. We're all, I know. we're all bad. Everybody's <laughs> and I was like, That's yeah, everybody's bad. Thing. That's it. If you put your shit on YouTube, you got to be prepared for the comments, right? I don't know. So well, what do you care about yeah. one additional podcast guy saying that, like, I wouldn't have played it if I didn't <laughs> like it. I was just like, oh, they're low. I mean, if, we're we're talking about, if we're talking about Pet Sims rendition of Boss of Me, I give yeah. it a solid two and a half. <laughs> 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 we're out here, like, roasting videos of 200 views. <laughs> yeah, but don't worry. We're, we're completely self-aware. <laughs> but I think tagging Life is Unfair onto the end of every song. 100 out of 10. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's that unfair. Yeah. That was a, a great bit. idea. <laughs> that was a great we bit. We let go of our ego so, a long dude, time ago. This Bones video <laughs> fucking yeah. rules. Is it good? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Well, I guess you guys better check out the Bones one too. It's a very odd <laughs> Holy one. Holy shit. <laughs> what is I'm it? I'm scared. Yes, so. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
Dude, who is Bones? This band is huge. Wait, really? Yeah, there's like a bunch of people there's on like stage. There's like 5,000 people there. This is insane. <laughs> is that like just a tree on the stage? Yes. And a, and a, is that a tombstone he's sitting on? He's just lounging <laughs> in front of it. Yeah. Holy crowd. shit. The there YouTube channel is M2GH2. <laughs> I don't know what M2GH2 is, but... Yeah, it looks like there's like DJs in the back. I wish they would drop in like a sick beat or some record scratching or something. Dude, this stage setup. Oh, they is pay insane. to the crowd. They pay to the crowd and like people have their cell phones <laughs> out with the flashlights. <laughs> it's like on. enormous. But there's no energy in the performance, which is kind of a bummer. I mean, this is like your performance, Eric, when you played it. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, so we've come to that point in the show where you all must score. They might be Giants' version of Boss of Me. And uh, I think um, Eric's going to go first. What would you score this song? A scale out of 10, you can use decimals uh, and um, scoring it against just They Might Be Giants songs. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I think the demo version, I'd give uh, a good 6-2 because... I don't think the demo version is as good as, you know, the fleshed out version. I think the fleshed out version is great. I'm going to give it a 8.6 against other uh, They Might Be Giant songs because I think it's got a lot of great elements to it. It is more straightforward. Um, it's it's a hit. It's great. It's really catchy. But I think that there are just elements of They Might Be Giants that are missing from it that, you know, we all know and love. Sure. Um, but I love, I do love that it turns into a ska song. But I'm going to go 8.6. Yeah. Very nice. Evan? Um, I got to say, I think this song is really nice. So I'm going to give it a 6.9. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Real well. 6, 6.9. Not because you think it deserves 6.9, but just because 69. Well, I didn't say that. I just said it's nice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> nice. All right. <laughs> Marcus, the, the guy that uh, is is probably going to give it a uh, an honest uh, score. What do you What do you think? <laughs> Instead okay. of just going, I'll uh, give it a 420. 420 out of 10, bro. It's so sick. <laughs> I would agree with Eric. I think the demo is like good, but it's clearly a demo. I think the fleshed out version is better than the theme song version. Mm. So yeah, fleshed out version, they... I'd give an eight. Yeah. Theme song version, seven. Demo, six. Yeah. I got to say, sure. though, I, 6.9 for me is actually my real score. That is a genuine yeah, score that, for the That's song. a good okay. aggregate. Okay. I think, like, you know, it's not their best. It's not their worst, but it's a great tune. You know, and if, if what do you, I mean, what's it? Has anyone ever given a song a one on this podcast? Well, my guests pick the song, so not usually. <laughs> usually I go lower than my guests, but I've got to score all of them, so I'm very stingy about my tens. The lowest I've given, let's see, I think I did do one that was pretty low. Yeah, what's the worst they might be giant stuff? But I but no, I've never have anyone had anyone give it a one. Have you what do you vote what do you give fingertips to? Ooh. Uh well, fingertips. I did. I gave each fingertip a separate score <laughs> when I did it with this guy Damn. because because we're totally stupid. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. I think I think my least favorite fingertips is probably I don't understand you just because it goes on for too long. What'd you get? It's it? like the long one. Um, I gave it a six. Wow, not bad. So I still liked it. 
but as far as boss of me goes i think i'm gonna give it a seven um because i agree I, I love yeah the ska element i mean we're all kind of in agreement there it's awesome that they wrote a ska song and proves that they might be giants can play in any genre and uh knock it out of the park and it's catchy as fuck i get i got even more appreciation for it after uh learning it to play it with my first graders and then playing it at the the live show in bloomington mm-hmm. um so it is super fun but yeah it doesn't have the the weird experimental elements as even the poppiest that they might be giant songs usually have some weird shit going on and this one it's got that bridge with the chromatic stuff but still it's pretty much straightforward power pop song flansburg's uh, uh you know pop chops so seven yeah so do you dudes have anything else you want to you want to plug i mean i think we're, we're playing that that brand new uh song of evans the into it over it song is there anything else? what what are we going to hear from pet cemetery uh anything soon yeah we got we got one thing coming out this year yeah you guys want marcus you want you want to plug it Sure. Yeah, we got like a compilation album coming out, just like all, all of our singles and loose B sides and like comp songs that we're putting together. So, kind of putting the finishing touches on that, like this week actually, and uh, hopefully it'll be out in like September, October. We're aiming for. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. And then we're working. We're right now working on a. We were actually in the middle of tracking our <laughs> next record, and then all this shit oh. went down. So it's kind of put our whole album recording on hold. Yeah. But yeah. But I mean, 20, 2021, let's be in, uh, be in yeah. hopeful that there'll be a, a new record then. Which... Awesome. Awesome. Whole new Looking LP. forward to it. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Thanks so much for being on, guys. I know it's, it's a little tricky to get these group uh, episodes together, but I guess that's the one thing about all this quarantine stuff is that everyone is just sitting around. And it was awesome to talk to all of you again. Great. Yeah. yeah. This was so great. Cool. Thanks for having us, man. This yeah. Was a blast. Of course. Yeah. So you can find This Might Be a Podcast at thismightbeapodcast.com. This might be a podcast.bandcamp.com. If you want to hear more some some more of those covers. We're on all of the social medias. Uh Instagram too for some reason. And uh visit the Patreon if you'd like. And um Oh yeah, leave me voicemails. 224-801-2930. I want to hear Pet Cemetery prank calling uh, this this podcast in the future. Oh, that's a uh, leave, <laughs> leave me some lewd voicemails. <laughs> 224 area code. Are you like a yeah. Cook, cook I, I decided to make phone? it a... Well, I lived in Palatine for a while. Ah. I, I decided to make it a Palatine area code for some reason. There you go. That's my area code, uh, too. Yeah, hell yeah. I grew up in uh, 847. Well, I think it changed to 847. I remember... When I was young, they had to expand and do... 847 was like a new area code because they ran out of phone numbers. Yes. That'll happen. I don't remember what it was before. 773 in uh, Chicago. Yeah, I don't even 630 yeah. South yeah. Suburb shit. Yeah. 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 All right, dudes. Uh, yeah, enjoy the rest of your uh, rainy day and uh, be safe out there. Thank you, Greg. You, you guys. too. Yeah, you too, Greg. Yeah. All right.
is unfair.